There is an entire library of Intellivision programs designed to grow right along with your family's interests. Discover Intellivision. It can change your family's life. Alright Troops, welcome to episode 43 of the Tyrol Hack Podcast. I'm your man Chris Scullion. Uh, this is a video podcast for the first time in a wee while for reasons that will become obvious fairly quickly. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube and you like what you hear, uh, there's a whole load of audio podcasts that you've missed out on um, and you can catch up on by either visiting tyrolhack.com where there'll be a link to the podcast or just go into your favourite podcast service and just search in Tyrol Hack. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, all your uh, usual podcast shenanigans uh, this one is a special video one like I say because there's a Zoom interview involved um, you may be aware of the Amico uh, a new console that's coming out from Intellivision um, next year um, and I've had my eye on it for a wee while and it looks quite interesting because it's uh, promising lots of different stuff that other from, from what the other consoles are kind of promising just now, like more f- uh, focus on family friendly gaming and multiplayer gaming and cheap games and all this kind of stuff so I decided to get in touch with Tommy Tallarico who's the president of um, Intellivision and we've kind of spoken once or twice in the past, I did a video a long 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 time ago when I was at a Fish and Nintendo magazine it must have been like 13 years ago I made this video um, and it was just like a montage of my favourite games and he got in touch and asked to show it during his video game live concerts which to as far as he tells me in the, in the Zoom interview here um, to this day is still being shown which is pretty cool um, and there was, always, there was also kind of a bit of uh, some controversial goings on last year if anyone kind of followed me then regarding Earthworm Jim and the guy who made it but um that's for another time. Um, the, the point is, I got in touch with Tommy and said, look, you probably remember this, and he did. Um, but we kind of both agreed, look, let's just... That's that's his pal that I was involved with. It's nothing to do with Tommy. Uh, so I said, look, I'll not mention Earthworm Jim. If, if, let's just not talk about it. So that aside, we're, we're talking Amico today. Nothing, nothing like that. Um, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, and... Yeah, like I say, this won't always be a video podcast. It's not like going forward there's going to be a video podcast now. It's very much an audio podcast. But for special situations like this where there's video uh, interviews involved, then it's only fair that you get to see the, the full thing. So hopefully you enjoy. Um, and yeah, here we go. Without further ado, here's my interview with Tommy Tallarico. Okay, my guest today is a veteran of the video games industry. Um, <laughs> he's already reacting. Um, he's been a video game composer since the early 90s, responsible for the likes of um, cool Spot, Aladdin, Earthworm Jim, uh, not to mention the very underrated soundtrack for the Mega CD version of The Terminator, uh, which was <laughs> fantastic. Um, in the early 2000s, he formed Video Games Live, uh, a fantastic series of video game concerts, many of which I've attended. Um, and then in 2018, he decided to move from music to uh, console production, I suppose you could call it, um, becoming the president of um, Intellivision Entertainment and is now currently working on the Amico, uh, which I believe is now due on the 15th of April. April um, 15th, yeah. Pen- pending any second wave pandemic <laughs> situations. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm delighted to be joined by Tommy Tellerico today. Hello, Tommy. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Chris, for, for having me. And I, you know, I remember, I, 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 I'm trying to think how it came about um, if I reached out to you or re- you reached out to me, maybe you could jog my memory. But 
what I, what I know is you would put together this amazing video <laughs> of all your favorite childhood memories from mm. video games. And it, and it was mostly from the, uh, you know, from this, I think it was mostly from the 16 bit era, SNES and yeah. Genesis. Maybe there's a couple NES stuff in there too, maybe, yeah, but it, right. mostly SNES and Genesis stuff and, or mega drive as you call it over there in Europe. But, and you, you had created this amazing video and I loved it so much that I would actually play that video. And I, by the way, still to this day, 20 <laughs> years later, um, would play this video your video right at the beginning of every single video games live show. Mm. And it's so great because the audience, every time a new game comes up, yay, yay. <laughs> like they'll all, they'll always cheer. They'll cheer. They'll cheer. So it's just such a great thing to start to get the audience going before we get on stage or whatever. And, and right at the end, it always says, you know, uh, you know, video by, you know, thanks for the memories video yeah. by, Chris Scullion. So, so um, that's what, how I remember you. And, and, <laughs> and what, I I find remember. what I find interesting, sorry, is I, I see, because obviously at the Video Games Live concerts, you uh, encourage people using their cell phones to record performances yeah. and stuff. So on odd occasions, people will actually record the intermissions and those kind of po pre and, oh, and you'll see it, things. Yeah. And I'll see it and it'll be interesting to watch because different audiences from different countries react in different ways to certain games. Oh, so, completely. So Brazil like, is completely different. From I was going to say, because Brazil, yeah. was, there was one recorded in Rio, I think. Um, yeah. And when the soccer games appeared, people were losing their oh. mind. But then you watch them in like America and everyone's just like, who cares about soccer? Yeah. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's that soccer game? Um, and then of course I remember meeting you though. I remember meeting you in Scotland. Very briefly, in Scotland, yeah. I think it was right before the show started or maybe yeah. right out or something. Yeah, I was there, my brother. You, you, you were going in and just as I was going in, but obviously you had far more going on. Um, and I tried yeah. to I was, I said I would catch you after, but then we had a train to miss so, to catch. So I think Yeah, but I, re I remember you saying, like, I'm the guy who does the video. I'm, what? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> well, you're going to see it tonight. At, at the, where, were we, where did we play the That was the in Glasgow. That, yeah, that was the national the, the concert hall. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we played with the Scottish National Symphony, which mm -hmm. were amazing. That was a great night. I remember, yeah. of course, uh, I always remember Scotland because when I go on stage, I always do the jokes about the uh, the tablet. Mm -hmm. You know, that's this for people who don't know, <laughs> not from Scotland. Tablet is basically like maple syrup sugar block. Yeah, um, pure sugar, yeah. it's pure. It's just a pure. <laughs> It's 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 pure diabetes. Is diabetes in in a one inch square, yeah. and uh, and then they're but they're big. One of their big local drinks is called Iron Brew. It's spelled I R. Do you have there? It is I R N. And, it's, and, it's and the tag the, the tagline is it's as tough as girders. Yeah, right. That's it's the, the tagline. And that <laughs> for folks in America, if you remember Jolt Cola, again, you know. 400 grams of sugar or whatever <laughs> that's kind of what iron brew is like yeah. and so iron brew and tablets so they're all jacked up on sugar and adrenaline in scotland i find yeah yeah we're maniacs basically <laughs> <laughs> now obviously we're here today to talk about amico and maybe one day in the future it'd be nice to get you on again to talk about your career in general but um obviously, obviously at the moment the pressing matters <laughs> yeah. and the amico is the big the big news at the moment um if it's okay, could you tell me about in television in general first? Because um, obviously it, it was a kind of big name 
um, in America. It, it was a kind of household name in America, but yeah. in the UK, it took a number of years before the Intellivision launched here. And by the time it came out here, we'd had the Atari 2600. And we Atari were starting, 2600 we were starting to get, And we were yeah. starting to get the early days of the ZX81 and all their kind of home computers, which, which really took off in Europe. So when Intellivision came out here, it maybe didn't take off as well as it could have. Right. So to a lot of people in the UK, although in the US, it's, it's a household name and a lot of people have fond memories of it. Um, to some people, yeah, not um, a lot. It's, it's fairly, it's fairly uh, new to them. I mean, for for me, I, I obviously I didn't have it as grown up as a child, but I caught up over the years with stuff like um, in television lives on the PS2 and stuff like oh, that. Oh right, I caught up with it in that way, um, which was a weird one because it was set in an arcade, even though it was a home system. Um, yeah. But but um, yeah, could you tell us a bit about what in television means sure. to you? Yeah, so so in television started. Um, so Atari came out in 1977. That's when it, it when it hit the market, mm-hmm. and Mattel, uh, which you know the huge toy company, Barbie, Hot Wheels. Yeah. Mattel said, "Well, we got to get in on some of this because they saw how well Atari was doing, mm-hmm. and they had an electronics division, Mattel Electronics." And some of the big things. I don't know if it was popular over there in Europe, but the huge things in the US in the late 70s were the little Mattel electronics handheld games. Mm. They had a football, a baseball. Football was the biggest. Then they did a baseball. Then they did a basketball and a hockey. And I don't know if they ever did a soccer one. I'll have to to check in. They're kind of like predecessors to the Game & Watch in a sense. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, Yeah, with the little tiny LED, you know, the little red lights blipping around. And, um, and so they had that division start to look into do a home console. And they, that's who they came up with in television. In television was released in 1979, Christmas of 79. And, um, and by the early 80s, in television owned 20% of the entire home video game market. Um, nice. And they were making $500 million a year. And that's back in the early 80s. So that's about the equivalent of $1.4 billion today. They had 1,800 employees worldwide. And and when you you think about like 20% of the market, that's basically what the Xbox is now. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at, you know, current systems, you know. And so we were kind of like the Xbox of of the late seventies, early eighties. And then of course the industry went through a big adjustment, um, mostly in the United States. They, yeah. Some people call it the crash of 83. Um, but you know, things were still humming along in Japan. Things were, weren't so horrible in, in, in Europe and yeah, South we America. Okay. <laughs> You're doing okay. So, so really when, when people refer to the crash of 83 or 84, it's kind of an unfair term because yeah. in America, they were coming out with new systems every year. Like, because again, this was all brand new home yeah. consoles and things were all brand new. You know, now you have the seven year cycle. It's mm-hmm. very typical to have, you know, when's the next Xbox coming out? When, when, you know, PlayStation five is coming out this year. Great. Yeah. And it's 2020. Great. In 2027, that's when PlayStation yeah. six will come out. Right. I mean, you just, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, knowledge now, but back then it was like, let's call it the Atari 2600. Okay. Let's come out with the 5200. Okay. <laughs> Let's come out with the 7800. Oh, okay. How about the Atari computer? Let's do the 400, the 800, the t- you know, and it was just like every year. And then, of course, shovelware galore, yes. uh, you know, and so that kind of helped you really crash the industry. But in television, is, it has an interesting story in that 
1983, Mattel was like, okay, we're seeing our things plummet. We're going we're gonna to sell the company. Yeah. We're going to sell the company. Because remember, Atari had just sold their company to Warner Brothers. Warner, yeah. Warner came in. They said, we're going to buy it from, uh, you know, um, from Nolan. And so, and so Mattel was like, okay, we're going to sell to somebody, right? Well, five of the employees, the original employees from Intellivision said, wait, 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 hold on a second. Don't just sell it to some movie studio or some conglomerate or whatever. You know, we helped to build this company. We'd like to keep it going. And Mattel's like, well, you know, we love this sentiment, <laughs> but, but, you know, but, you know, you need to come up with the cash, right? And so these folks went out and they raised over $25 million. Again, this is 1983, yeah, 80, going into change, yeah. That's <laughs> a hell of a lot of money, right? And so, um, you know, it's again, about the equivalent of $100 million. And, um, and, and they did it. And thankfully they did, because we probably wouldn't be talking here today about yeah. this if, if they didn't. And they kept the company going. They were selling the hardware still. They were doing new games. And they sold that in television all the way up to 1990. <laughs> so in television is the only video game console where it sold the same exact system. Yeah over three decades That's from crazy. 79 to 1990. <laughs> so we, we just, we just butt ended the, 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 the ends of each decade, but again, three decades, you know, facts are facts, right? Yeah. Uh, but for 12 years, this, the cycle went on and, um, and television had so many firsts. They had done so many firsts in the video game industry that like people nowadays just take for granted. Yeah. Um, they were the very first company to ever license professional sports. The so MLB, Major yeah. League Baseball, the NFL, NBA. Uh, back then they had the, uh, it was, they did soccer, but it wasn't FIFA. It was uh, the American Football League. Or something. It was something, MLS, something. Some of the MLS equivalent would have been back then, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but everything from like the official chess and backgammon organizations <laughs> to like skiing and, and bowling, PBA and PGA golf and all yeah. these things. Um, that was one thing. Uh, they were also the very first to have a subscription service. In 1982, you could buy a box called the Play Cable that, that went into the bigger system. And for $12 a month, you could download any video game from Intellivision through, their cable, through your cable box. Yeah. You'd hook up your cable into the back of it. Again, completely revolutionary. No one did anything like that till 20 years later. Mm. And, um, uh, and in far, as far as game designs go, well, Major League Baseball was also the very first video game to ever have spoken voice. The umpire would say, you're out. Um, <laughs> they were the very first to do like what's considered now to be like God games, you know, things like Sim City and this yeah. and that. We had a game called Utopia where you would manage your island and you had to build up, you had to feed your people and build up your buildings. Nothing had ever been done like that. And on and on and on. And in fact, if you go to our website in televisionamico.com, we have a legacy 
you can if you click the legacy thing it shows like 20 of our biggest and best things that that kind of in television did first and we're proud of that you know we're proud of that oh one of the other big things was it was also the first controller to ever go to a d-pad style because everything mm. else was either joysticks or switches or turny you know turny paddle things yeah. like you'd see on pong and stuff we were the first ones to have a directional pad and ours was a 16 directions it could go and it was that disc and even you know with the new controller this is the uh, you know the new controller because we hold the patent on it as well but you can still see that still you know the disc. the disc you know you have to push it down to, to but ours uh, let me see i'll show you uh, really quick, I can show you that ours has 64 points <laughs> of articulation, nice. and you know, not you don't need 64 points to to play oh, Pac-Man. Nice Pac-Man's up, down, <laughs> left, and right. But yes. you know, but but if you wanted something like an Echo the Dolphin game or our skiing game, where you really wanted to get you know really nice, you know, or a driving game. You know the sixty-four points come in uh, come in really handy, but it's almost it's uh, almost like a cross between a D-pad and an analog stick. Then it, it, exactly. Well, the and the other great thing, Chris, I'm glad you mentioned that too, is that you'll notice the harder I press down. See that green thing on top? Mm -hmm. That's how hard I'm pressing down. Okay. So you'll see the harder oh, I press so down. Sensitivity. The, yeah. So 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 it has you know different points uh, of pressure as well. So again, when you're skiing. And you need to go that just that little yeah. extra. You push down a little harder, and the skier crouches and goes even faster. That, that, that almost that kind of builds on the kind of family kind of aspect of it. Because I remember, especially when you have players uh, who maybe aren't so familiar with video games and don't play them a lot. I remember back in the day when my mom used to play Super Mario Bros. and she'd hold the controller and she'd jump like that every time right. Mario jumped. <laughs> or when people play racing games like on the normal controller sure. and they'll turn like that. Yeah. So in, in a sense, that almost that actually helps them because if they're well, pressing and, and really hard, then they're actually potentially getting a benefit from it instead of just looking daft exactly and you know not only do we have you know the discs all around light up and the buttons light up and by the way we use that for gameplay as well you know so it's not just oh it's a fancy thing but yeah. you know certain games where it says pest where everybody has to cut a wire in bomb squad mm -hmm. and you all have to cut the green wire and and so and, and so that on the screen it says okay push the green button all at the same time and then everybody's button is, is is but you know some person's button this one might be green and yeah. another controller might have this one green so it's not just oh everybody hit the button the or button, the yeah. disc might have a certain color green down in this area yeah. okay on the on the count of 3 we all have to cut the green button we have to do it at the same time are you one two three go go oh no it was supposed to go on go not on one <laughs> shit you know and you blow up you know so these kinds of fun couch co-op things yeah. uh, we have a speaker a microphone force feedback uh wireless uh you know uh contact charging and um uh gyroscope and an accelerometer so you know you can see the ball kind of yeah. moving around there you know this is our little test thing that we have and then of course the color uh, touchscreen you know mm -hmm. and it's a capacitive touchscreen just like you'd see on your uh, on your mobile device yeah. and and this even this here you know because most mobile devices you drop it and this breaks right um, and so we went with a polycarbonate which okay. is uh, really you know really nice um, you know high end 
low scratch and and very uh, you know very tough. So um, yeah, it's really unique controllers. But so to finish the Intellivision story, mm. when 1990 hit, of course now you had the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo out in the market. Yeah. So they kind of like went away, you know, kept it, you know, uh, you know, kept it around or whatever. But it wasn't really until 1996, six years later, when now all of a sudden Intellivision and Atari were considered retro. Mm. And like you said, Intellivision lives, uh, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, Nintendo DS. They started doing Intellivision greatest hits kind of things yeah. and putting them out on all those consoles from the mid to late 90s. And then they were doing T-shirt deals as well, you know, doing things with the logo. Again, smaller type stuff. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, if you ever watch Big Bang Theory, Sheldon Cooper wears a couple of Intellivision T-shirts uh, in, in some of those episodes. Um, and then... Uh, and, and television was always my system growing up. It was my favorite system. I loved it. It was the one that me and my family played together. Mm -hmm. And so I was always friends with those guys. I'd, I'd gotten in the industry in the late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah. um, you know, from 90 to 96, I really didn't know them. But then when they came back, you know, I was friends with those guys and we covered them on my TV show and yeah. uh, Electric Playground and we did a whole bunch of things with them. And I became very close friends with Keith Robinson, who was the president, and he started at Intellivision in 1980 uh, and the other guys in 81. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, and we had talked, me and Keith had always talked about because he knew I was a good business guy and I knew a lot of people in the industry. And he says, hey, you love Intellivision so much you know, do you want to like, you know, do something together with Intellivision? Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you could be an investor or help us out with the marketing stuff or do some business. So we'd always talked about it. And then, uh, of course, I'm always off running around the world with video games live. So it's like we'd see each other at a convention, you bring it up and then and then we'd forget about it. And then yeah. we'd see each other three months later, you know, we got to do something. And then um, unfortunately, he passed away uh, in 2017, uh, a heart attack sudden, right. suddenly. And I approached the other folks and I said, my gosh, what do you, what do, what's going to happen to the company now? And they knew that he would always talk about me, you know, being a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, I have a vision. I see this huge gaping hole in the video game industry where you have PC at the top of the like complexity list. Yeah. And then you have PlayStation and, and Xbox, you know, a, a, you know, and again, that's expensive and it's, yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's uh, complex to the average person. Mm -hmm. And then you have Nintendo under that, right. Which, which is more, you know, outreach to, you know, younger kids and, you know, less complex. The graphics aren't as intense and, yeah. and this and that. And then, so, so you have PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and then way down here, you have like the hyper casual crowd, which is all on mobile, right? Mm -hmm. And they're playing Angry Birds and, and, and uh, you know, in Candy Crush, right? Mm -hmm. But there's that huge gap between Angry Birds and, uh, and um, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the casual experiences like overcooked yeah. on the switch, because to us gamers overcooked is a casual game to my wife. Yeah. My wife played, won't play it. Yeah. 
she won't play it because it's too fast and it's too complicated. And she's yeah. like, why do I want to wash dishes and cook? I don't like to do that in real life. Why would I do it in a video? <laughs> you know, I'm like, shit, good point. Um, but, and so there's this massive gap between mobile and, and, and that. And that's kind of where we live. We want to be in between because the, the problem we see with mobile is that, Yes, all the hyper-casual games are there. By the way, there's 200 million hardcore gamers in the world. That's if you add up PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and, and Switch. 200 million people. 2.5 billion people play this every day, right? So, and, and 3 billion if you include people who play like solitaire on their laptop and stuff, right? So in other things that aren't mobile. Casual, hyper-casual. Yeah. So think about that, Chris. That means that less than 7% of the people who play video games are playing on home consoles or PCs. Mm -hmm. From a dollar and cent standpoint, mobile is 150, sorry, the video game industry overall last year was $150 billion in revenue. Yeah. 55% of that came from mobile, 25% of that comes from home consoles, the top big three, and 20% of that comes from PC. Mm-hmm. So, and, and those numbers vary from year to year, yeah, yeah. but that's kind of general. So that means that almost, this is doing almost three times the amount that PC gamers done in, in, in regards to dollars and cents. Yeah. And it doubles what consoles do. And, and every year it gains another 1% to 2% on those other things. So even though the industry is growing overall, so less people aren't playing console games. Console games keep, keep creeping up. Yeah. But the amount of percentage in the market that people are spending on, it's been going up rapidly for the last eight years and continues to do so. So, mm-hmm. but what's the problem with this? Well, this sucks as a controller, <laughs> you know, for, you know, like try to play Pac-Man on this. It's like, yeah. you know, again, up, down, left, and right. The simplest thing, your fingers in the middle of the screen, you can't control them very well. Um, the second problem is that there's zero curation. So you have a thousand to 2000 games every week. Mm-hmm being released across iOS and Android. The third problem is, is that everything wants to take your money, right? Games are designed around how can they suck as much money out of you as possible, right? And if they don't get your email address or your credit card or your friends list on Facebook, then you're gonna get a 30 second ad every three minutes. That's Mm -hmm. about the average, right? So that sucks. And then the fourth thing, and this is the biggest one, think about this, Chris. Every single hyper-casual game in the world is on mobile, right? And every single one of them is solitary, is single-player, like you looking at your phone. Now, you can play online with other people, and, yeah. and a lot of times they fake it. They're actually not even really. They just say you're playing yeah, you're just playing AI, yeah. You're just playing AI, but they make it like, they take a Facebook page of somebody's profile <laughs> or whatever. Um, but, but, but that's very important. So Candy Crush, there's not a family of four that can play a hyper-casual game yeah. in their living room. It doesn't exist on mobile. Now, there's a couple of games like Jackbox, right? Jackbox is a great example of, 
everybody has a phone and there's a main screen. So they're the exception. Yeah. But again, when there's 10 million games on mobile and you can mention one franchise out of 10 mm. million. And again, there's another one, this space team, which is a great one. So there, there's a handful, but it's the overwhelming majority are all, you know, like that. So, so that's where we go is that, you know what? We want to bring people together, no matter what your skill level, let's all of those great sensibilities that me and you love growing up, Mm -hmm. All of those, all of those games in that video you made with video, you know, that we show in video games live, yeah. they all had something in common for the most part. They were simple to play. They were easy to pick up. You didn't need to read a 40 page manual. You didn't have to go online. They weren't trying to suck money out of you. You mm -hmm. could turn the thing on and play it instantly. You didn't have to wait for a 30 minute hardware, uh, firmware update. Yeah. Uh, you didn't, you know, this and that. And so we want to take all of those sensibilities from that era, from the 80s and, and early 90s. Let's take all those sensibilities, those gameplay and those uh, game design sensibilities. Let's bring that into the 21st century. Let's open it up for everyone. Let's use all the new technology that we can, um, you know, and incorporate it in something really unique where everybody has a screen on their, all, their controller and they're looking at a TV and let's make every single one of our games have multiplayer as well as single player. So every yeah. game has single player, but also every player either has a co-op or a versus mode of some kind. Mm -hmm. And every game is under $10, $9.99 or less US. Yeah. And, and we don't allow violence, bad language, sexual content. So let's make, let's truly make it family friendly so that parents don't have to go in and try to figure out how to send parental controls. You know what? They never even have to worry about it, right? Yeah. And so we're trying to create kind of like the Disneyland of game consoles. Maybe that would be a good comparison. So. Yeah. So that's kind of the history of Intellivision and where we're at now. That's a long answer to one question. <laughs> You're making my job really easy. You can't stop me. Once <laughs> I get good. going, you can't stop me. <laughs> I suppose one of the questions, I mean, people would go crazy if I didn't then follow up with this, is that um, obviously the mobile market is enormous, but how do you convince those people to move on to a console, essentially, when, when, yeah. when um, like you say, so few people yeah. are kind of dabbled in the that's a great market. question. So we, we've done a lot of market research and there's already market research that's already out there. What yeah. people like about mobile, what they don't like, right? All of the things they don't like about mobile were all of the things I just mentioned yeah. <laughs> that, 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 we're, that we're handling, right? Um, they don't like that it's solitary. You know, it's like, Gosh, I wish I could play Candy Crush with my husband. Like, let's a, a wife would say, I wish I could play with my husband or my significant other, whatever you yeah. know. And and um, I wish I could play with my kids. And because like I don't get this Fortnite thing. And my you know, <laughs> and and you'll see like four people in a room, you know, mom, dad, and two kids, right? Yeah. And the dad is on YouTube or checking his stocks on his phone mom is on Instagram or playing Candy Crush. Yeah. The teenage daughter's on TikTok uh, and, and Instagram and the little kids playing Roblox or the little brothers playing Roblox or Minecraft or Fortnite or whatever. So yeah. you have four people in a room, 
all playing video games yeah. or you know interactive entertainment but none of them are doing it together yeah, because right? and it's just this technology has been splitting families apart and at in television our whole goal and mission is let's use technology to bring people together now i'll mention to you as well you say well again your question how do you get those mobile people to get on there yeah. well here's the thing what happened with the we the we has already proved that people who don't consider themselves gamers will spend money on a video game my mom bought a Wii, right <laughs> i'm sure you know a whole bunch oh, of absolutely. people absolutely yeah that bought a Wii that never bought a playstation or xbox and hadn't played video games since college and when they were playing donkey kong and pac-man or whatever yeah, right definitely. that was my mom right and so but why did she buy a Wii? because she could do this with yeah, she saw Wii sports yeah that was it it was bowling it wasn't even Wii Sports. She didn't like the baseball and the fighting. <laughs> a little bit of tennis, but yeah. it was all the bowling for her. Bowling, and she got her friends to come over and play together, and they'd drink wine, and they'd go bowling, and it became a thing. Nursing homes were playing video games. Yeah. Who would have thought? It even took Nintendo by surprise. They yeah. didn't even, right? And so no one has ever followed up with that. I know many families personally, and we get letters all the time where they have they they still have their Wii hooked up, mm -hmm. and the Wii's offline now. You can't buy anything, you know. And, and and wasn't it interesting when Ubisoft did their latest Just Dance game? As a goof, they kind of put it out on the Wii, on the Wii. <laughs> last year, and guess what? It sold more copies on the Wii. <laughs> than any other platform yeah. of the new ones. So it's like, again, what does that tell you? It tells you that families and, and, and people, I, I, I keep saying families, but even like, you know, even if you don't have a family, but you love to have your friends come over and play mm. together. Remember, Chris, wasn't, and, and let me go out on a limb here and assume something, but, but, <laughs> but you tell me, you tell me. Okay. If you remember your family, fondest video game memories ever in your mm -hmm. life i guarantee correct me if i'm wrong but i guarantee they were probably when you were with a group of people that was probably your fondest maybe it was Bomberman. maybe it was goldeneye on the n64 maybe it was halo land parties mm -hmm. maybe it was you know street fighter or whatever would would, would that be an accurate statement that you're yeah, yeah that's fair what were some of yours? Um, obviously, being from the UK, a lot of them were soccer related. Soccer, uh, so, so there's a lot of, also playing a lot with my brother. My, my sensible brother soccer. What were you yeah, on? Sensible back soccer, then? FIFA, international superstar soccer. Um, yeah. The occasional game of Mario Kart, Streets of Rage two. Mario Kart. Um, yeah. yeah, so Turtles in Time and the SNES. So yeah, lots of kind of. Now let me ask you: your 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 brother is he older, younger? Three years younger. He's three years younger than you. And when was the does he when was the last time you played in a room together with your brother? Not since uh, must have been well over a decade ago. A decade think, ago. Yeah. Now let me ask you, Chris, would you like to play video games in a room again with your brother? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we want to <laughs> offer with Amico. That's the big differentiator 
That's what we want to do. We want you and your brother to have a reason to come together and have that fun. And maybe your brother doesn't play video games anymore. Maybe mm. it's passed him on or, or maybe, you know, whatever. Like we're saying that people, you don't even have to, you don't, no matter what your skill level, people should be able to come together, pick it up, play it right away yeah. and, and be into it. And, and maybe because you're like a professional you know, in the, in the industry and a writer and a pre maybe you'll slaughter him in any game you play him because you're such a gamer. Maybe he's not anymore. Yeah. Well, that sucks too. And that's why with Amico, the way we design the games and our, and our approach to design is, you know what? Let's not let Chris's brother feel left out. <laughs> in fact, he should be able to beat Chris the first time he picks up the controller, you know? So that's our whole philosophy. Is this, is this the Karma engine then? Is that the, yeah, really the Karma. That? We call it the Karma gaming engine. Yeah, it's yeah. not really an yeah, engine yeah. philosophy. It's like blast processing <laughs> uh, on, on, the, on the Mega Drive, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just our philosophy of, and again, it's not just like rubber band gaming like yeah, you yeah. see in Mario Kart. Oh, whoever's in last goes quicker. Yeah, yeah. It's not that it's more of a different approach like i'll give you an example we have a really a popular old school in television game called shark shark the mm -hmm. kids love it they you know and, and and females love the game as well women all over the world love this game and and you know you're just a little fish and you, you have to eat fish that are smaller than you and you have to avoid the ones that are bigger than you yeah. and the more fish you eat the bigger you get and everybody can eat each other as well if you're bigger than them so yeah. that's where the fun comes in but the um but on each screen we have three uh, like either clams or treasure chests and they're different colors or whatever. So in a, a, to give you an example of how unique everything is on in television, um, whoever's in last place, their controller will buzz. No one else will buzz, but their controller will buzz. Mm -hmm. And if they look down on their screen, it says what color, it shows you the clam or the treasure chest the shape of it and the color of it, the, you know, that's on screen, yeah. it shows it to you right on your controller. Right. And so again, that person in last place, do -de do -de do you know, they're just <laughs> like minding the yeah. their own business, just going over there and they get a slight advantage because mm. when that thing opens up and they get a jewel or a pearl or something that, you know, that now grows them bigger yeah. or, or in Pong, Let's say your brother came over and he hasn't played Pong and you've been playing Pong on Amico for six months. Yeah. You know, so literally in a typical video game situation, you would have 0% chance of beating him. Zero, right? Yeah. I mean, sorry, he would have 0% yeah, chance yeah. of beating you because you, you played it and you know all the tricks and everything. Well, in Amico's version of Pong, and this is true, um, our Karma gaming engine, if you score three times in a row on him, your paddle starts to grow and his, sorry, his paddle starts to grow and shrink. yours starts to shrink. So it's kind of like this real time on the fly handicapping system. Mm -hmm. So if my mom really sucks, her <laughs> paddle might be half the screen and mine might be like one size bigger than the ball itself. Yeah. Right. And, but I'm, but I'm challenged. Yeah, I'm yeah, that's the thing, challenged yeah. and I don't feel like, Oh, my mom's cheating. Cause she, you know, that's where her level is. And, 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 uh, and I'm having good fun because yeah. it's no fun just beating the hell out of my mom every time. Yeah. That's not fun for me. Right. And so these are some of the things that where that kind of, you know, comes together.
Yeah, that's cool. Um, can we talk about the, the different, the kind of, the pillars of gaming that you were talking about, the, the, the kind of five different styles of games? Because I remember, yeah, I think it was about a year ago, um, and you did an interview with Venture Beat, was it? With Dean Takahashi, I Dean, think you did an yeah. interview with him. Um, and at the time, there were four, four like four, uh, <laughs> four pronged approach. Um, another five, and I know what, what happened was educational games were kind of, that was amongst, the fifth one, yeah. Yeah, and they were originally kind of mentioned in amongst uh, the kind of casual board game type ones. And right. Now it, it seems to have kind of expanded to become something. And then I did, we expanded it out because yeah. what we what we found, Chris, and, and I'll go over the, the, the five, let me go over the five categories. Yeah, yeah, please. It's original IPs, meaning stuff that are completely unique, you know, the Bomb Squad game, some of the other, you know, uh, other games that, that are completely unique that no one's yeah. ever seen or heard of yet. And we haven't even mentioned half of not even 80% of those games. We haven't even mentioned them yet. So there's original IP. There's what I call retro reimagined. So we went out and got all the Atari licenses. Of course, we have the old Intellivision stuff that we own things like moon patrol and burger time and, you know, Frogger and all these kinds of things. Right. And we're doing retro reimagined versions of them. Then there's sports and recreation. So not only, MLB and soccer and all these things, but also recreational sports like skiing and darts and pool mm-hmm. and cornhole uh, or beanbag tosses, they yeah. call it in different parts of the world. Um, uh, you know, shuffleboard and bocce and, and things like that. So sports and recreation. Um, and again, and, and then casual which kind of falls under board games, card games, and yeah. dice games. Those were our original four. And I was kind of like, yeah, let's put the kids' games under casual. But then, you know, we did a lot of research and we found that moms and parents and people who didn't normally would ever, you would think, ever buy a video game. Again, that we audience, if you yeah. will, and the three billion people that play this every day, they're like, I want this for my kids. Like, mm-hmm. this is great. No, you know, there's no violence. There's no things. So that's when we said, you know what? We really need to break that out and have it be its own category. So that was the fifth category. So it's 20% in each category. Yeah. That's what we're starting out with. And so kids in edutainment, you know, we announced Sesame Street mm-hmm. uh, last week. As, and that's a big, big big yeah. deal you know um brand that's been around 50 years the the, the leader in in kids educate edutainment from yeah. you know three to five five three to seven year olds really yeah, yeah. but um seven's getting up there but <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of so that those are our five categories yeah i mean that it appeals to me and that may have sounded like a loaded question as if i was saying why, why, why are you doing more ed- edutainment games? But as someone who's got like a two-year-old daughter, um, oh, she'll, she'll, she'll nearly be three by the time this comes out. Yeah. Um, and she'll write, she'll just start, you'll just start. And you know, the great thing, Chris too, which is very unique for your, you mentioned your three-year-old daughter, yeah. like the games we're doing with Sesame street, you're going to be able, they're all kind of, cooperative as well so typically if you if you put her on a tablet or or a mobile device it's like you give her the tablet and then she goes off in the and and as a father and and i'm sure you know um you know your wife as as a mother is thinking like gosh we don't want to turn her into a zombie like we Mm -hmm. need to limit her time 
on this thing because, you know, it's important that we give her a balanced life and she goes out and plays and she reads books and she, you know, different things. We don't want her to just become addicted to this, right? And so what we've done is with the Sesame Street games, she's learning her ABCs, she's learning numbers, she's learning colors, she's learning shapes, but you can pick up a controller as well because remember every system comes with two controllers the first video game machine in 30 years that has come with two separate controllers the last one was the super nintendo in 1990. Mm -hmm. some people will say well the switch comes with two yeah if you take one controller and split it (laughs) apart you get two controllers but i'm talking about two fully functioning controllers first system in 30 years Mm -hmm. so you can you or your wife or you know, can pick up a controller and you can play along with, oh, Cookie Monster is stirring the mix. Look, stir stir it with me, you know, mm. and you're both stirring the cookie. And add, add two cups of sugar. That's two. One, yeah. two. And, 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 if, and if she's having a hard time, you can say, oh, no, look, see, do it with mom. Do it yeah. with mama. Here you go. Boom. And so incorporating... Uh, you know, incorporating the gyroscope and the accelerometer for some movement, incorporating every game couch, you know, you'll be able to show and play with them. Yeah, man, that's something special. And again, that this doesn't offer. Yeah, it definitely appeals to me. I mean, the, 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 the hardest game I play just now, everyone talks about Dark Souls and, and, the, and the likes. The hardest game I play just now is trying to find a app on the app store. That doesn't, have, that doesn't have ads on it, that doesn't have, even, right. even kids' apps, exist. like color and book apps have always got a strategically placed ad at the bottom somewhere where, where she'll touch it. Exactly. Trying like, to get, <laughs> like, well, I'll tell you something that will really, really is an eye opener to tell you where mobile's at. So, you know, the biggest Disney license ever was Frozen, mm-hmm. right? Biggest license ever. Um, now, go on mobile and look for frozen and mm. tell me what you see. Yeah. You see a match three match game. Three, yeah. Now I asked Disney specifically, I said, I said, let me ask you a question. Why do a match three game for frozen? Because you know, frozen's all about little kids. They're like, yeah, but little, you know, but the moms are the ones spending money. Mm. Right. So, you know, and, and they love match three games. So even their frozen game, which is, the frozen license is totally targeted to, to, you know, three to 10 year old girls. Even that license is a freemium play to parents. There's, you know, there's, there's not really, you know, I mean, again, and there's a few things on there, but you get my point. Oh yeah, definitely. It's funny you say Disney because for a while I was kind of hooked on this Disney heroes. I think it was called as kind of mobile um, match three type thing. But it's one of those ones yeah. where you build up a squad of four different characters and level them up and stuff. Yeah. And I was sitting thinking, this is okay. It's not. It's not too intrusive with, yeah. the, with the microtransactions. And then one day it was Mickey Mouse's anniversary for whatever whatever year it was. I said, let's celebrate Mickey's birthday. If you, you can buy him now for fifty nine ninety nine. Oh. And that was like, this is a kids game. Come on. Come wow. on. So yeah, it's, it's, it, I, you know, I definitely, Chris, I definitely we, get it. <laughs> we we've had two. We we did. Uh, you know, we do a lot of focus group tests. Mm. You know, we did a, before COVID. We did a lot like in person these focus groups. Yeah. And I remember one in January, and there were uh, there were about twenty. We, we do different ones. Like some like we do like we'll have twenty moms in a room, mm-hmm. and then we'll do with twenty kids. 
between certain ages. Then we'll do 20 teenagers and then we'll do 20 dads and then we'll do 20 single guys, yeah. or we'll do whatever, you know? So we, we all have these things. And I remember the one with the moms, there were about 20 moms in the room and we were talking about, you know, we don't have microtransactions or in-app purchases, no loot boxes, no, none of that stuff. And, and, and one mom raised her hand and she says, can I tell you, you just sold a unit just <laughs> based on that. She says, my kid has a Nintendo Switch. I bought him a Nintendo Switch and he's, he's seven years old and that was the machine to get him when I asked people, what, which system do I get my child? That Xbox and PlayStation looks a little too harsh. Yeah. No, get him, the, get him the Switch. Everyone said Nintendo, Nintendo. And she says, and he racked up $600 on a game and when she contacted nintendo and said hey look this happened i need to restrict this blah 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 i wasn't aware like i wasn't even aware nintendo wouldn't give her, her money back mm -hmm. and a second mom raised her hand and said my kid did four hundred dollars last month and i freaked out we freaked out in this night. so so it is interesting like there is that and you can, and it's easy to say, well, look, parents should parent. They should yeah, yeah. know. They should put on those parental controls. Yeah, but with everything else, like you know as a father, you're starting mm -hmm. to think about it now. Well, geez, I got to limit my cable. I have to limit my internet. I have to limit my mm -hmm. phone. I have to limit my tablet. I'm going to have to hook her up with a special account on maybe it's Nickelodeon or Disney+. Mm -hmm. Plus. Even Disney+, Plus, I have stuff on there I don't want her to see. I'm yeah. going to have to figure that out. I'm going to have to set this on my Switch. I'm going to have to set this on my... And, and, but wouldn't it be great if there was one thing you didn't have to worry about, right? You, you didn't even have to it, worry yeah. about it. You knew that whatever she did, she would never fall into that trap and you didn't have to worry about it. So it's, it's, you know, it's a unique, it's a unique approach to the video game industry. But at this point, Chris, I almost feel like a responsibility a little mm. bit that, you know, the games are getting a little too realistic for Very me, much. you know, like <laughs> in regards to the blood and the gut. And again, I'm not against that. And I'm not yeah. against censorship. I'm not, again, you know, my history, you can look on YouTube right now. Look at the Ted talk. I do Google or, or you know, go on YouTube and, and search Tellerico Ted talk. Mm -hmm. Right. And you'll see, I did a 17 minute talk 10 years ago about, do video games really cause violence? And is it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I've been a, you know, a, a very propo a proponent of, you know, game makers and the game industry, like any industry should be, whether it's literature or music or whatever your art is, movies, yeah. you should be able to make whatever you want to make as long as there's a system in place where, you know, kids don't get exposed to something they shouldn't to, yeah. but I'm all for people making whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not against that, but what I'm saying is, is that I'm, I'm, you know, there isn't a place again, I see this huge gaping hole where there isn't a place where people can just be a hundred percent safe, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what we want to create. We want to yeah. be responsible and say, because remember Chris, when me and you were growing up, Though, though, and I'm a little older than you, I know, but, but, but there was nothing, you know, there, there, we didn't have this garbage around that, that we need to, we, our parents didn't need to worry 
about me seeing something, you know, you that, I had, read it. <laughs> that I had questions time, about yeah. on Pac-Man, you know, yeah, yeah. or, um, you know, and again, even in the late 80s and early 90s, like, remember the worst thing ever was like, oh my God, the red blood and the red digitized, <laughs> you know, pixel blood in Mortal Kombat. We need to change that to be green in Germany or whatever, mm. you know, so... So, you know, that was the worst of the worst back then. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot bat worse now. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's, 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 it's extremely graphic now. Um, yeah. And again, I'm like you, I'd, I've got no issue with it. I like, grew up as a massive horror movie fan and stuff. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm to, I get, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. If I'm in favor of it, but I've got shelves. As a parent. Of, but I've got shelves full of horror movies now that I'm looking at and I'm going, I'm probably never going to watch those. Uh, right. Probably not for another twenty years because right, right, yeah, no, you change, kind of, right? As you yeah, grow exactly. older, you change too. Exactly. You know? um, so obviously, kids are covered, families are covered, but what about the very old people like like us? Yeah, um, a- like in terms of the original, original in television games. Obviously, they're getting you're getting the, the, these kind of remake type things coming. Um, is there any are there any plans at any point to be the original versions? Yeah. Absolutely. And they really, I would say the, the ones that, that will, will call them lack of a better term seniors, let's say, <laughs> or, you know, the, the 55 older, 60 and over or whatever, yeah. uh, grandparents, let's just call them grandparents. That's a better yeah. term. Right. Um, and, um, and the categories that they will enjoy are the casual, the mm-hmm. card games, the dice games, the board games, um, and those recreational sports, right? Mm-hmm. So, so look, you know, I'm not drinking my old Kool-Aid over here. I don't think that grandpa's going to like get into like Astro Smash and <laughs> like, you know, and, and Night Stalker. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not a fool, but, um, you know, will they, you know, one of the things that tests off the charts is we have a, one of the pack in games is the simple dice game Farkle right? Mm-hmm. It's based around Yahtzee. Uh, well, it's Yahtzee-ish. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, and what happens is, because everybody has a controller with a screen on it, and remember, you can hook up to eight mobile devices, um, you know, w- with, with our system as well. Yeah. For, and, and, they, and again, they don't really work for the action games, mm-hmm. but they do work for something like I'm about to explain, the word yeah. casual games, word games, stuff like that. But, so imagine you, what happens now again, let's say you're a grandparent and you're playing a dice game, mm-hmm. and the dice, your your controller shakes because the dice fall down onto your screen, like you're holding a cup of dice and you're seeing through it, and you and then you start to shake it, and again the controller's vibrating and you're yeah. hearing the dice sounds come out of the controller like the click 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 <laughs> like this, and then it's your turn and you th- throw the dice up. And, it, and you watch them throw out of your cup into, the into the screen. Just that little tiny thing. By the way, that no other video game system is capable of doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, can't do that on the Switch, you know? Yeah. Um, and just that little thing is like a massive wow factor mm-hmm. to you know, two grandparents yeah. in our, in our research. And I'll tell you the other thing, cards, having cards. So, so playing a game like spades, let's mm-hmm. say, right. A simple game like spades or poker or whatever, the ability to hide your cards and everybody has their own cards. And all you need to do is touch or flick and there's a main screen. So everybody has 
just that alone, Chris, is such a showstopper for those types of folks. And again, where we had uh, the Nintendo, we had bowling, we have cornhole. Like, mm. and, and, and again, this is the fastest growing professional sport in the world right now. It's huge in the U.S. ESPN tournaments. It is, it's, it's crazy. Professional cornhole players. They're trying to get in the Olympics. I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. Um, but, you know, using the motion controls in such a simple game where you're just you're taking the bag. You're, you can feel, you know, you see your hand on, on screen as you're moving and then you make the motion and you let go and you see the thing and, you know, and, uh, you know, we have incredible, you know, dynamics on the bag as it's turning through the, I mean, we spent so much tr- time trying to get the physics of the bag correct. And when mm-hmm. it hits the board and does it slide the right way and all these things. So th- these are the types of things that, we're finding that seniors really love. And we also have a, a, a like a kind of a, a brain game as well yeah. that, uh, and, and things like crossword puzzles and bingo and, and, and those types of things too. And golf, you know, those yeah. are the things that, that uh, the older, uh, older folks are really going to, I think, attach onto. Yeah. Um, I'll only ask a couple more because I don't want to keep you too long because then we must be busy. But um, in terms of the, the 70s and 80s era in television games, presumably you would mm-hmm. still have the rights to some of those, will those yep. kind of appear at some point in their original forms rather than... Yeah, we, we are going to do that eventually. Eventually, yes. And, and, the, and the reason we don't want to do it right out of the gate, Chris, is because we know that people... But they can be intimidating. The, 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 even though the basics, the fairly simplistic games now, presumably compared to something with motion controls or something that presumably it's more yeah. and, then- and and not only that too but you know we really don't want to confuse people mm-hmm. as it's for you know because if if people see it and they see those old and they might just think they it's think like what it looks like oh it's it's like uh it's like you know an nes mini or whatever mm-hmm. or or it's like you know the you know the uh, they have all these systems now that, yeah. that have um you know, that they're, they're retro remakes or whatever yeah. of, of the original. So we don't want people to think that this in television is just some kind of flashback unit, you know, yeah. that, that you'd spend 40 bucks on or 50 bucks on. Yeah. So we need to be really careful. We want to, ins- because already people are confusing it and going, oh, it's in television. So it's some retro console. It's like, no, it's, we have retro sensibilities. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's again, I, you it's know, not just I an emulation it. system. It's not, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like to explain it as look, it's like the Wii 15 years later, mm-hmm. you know, better technology, but more focus on families and, and people getting together. And all the games are under uh, 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And we're the same price as the Wii was 15 years ago. Plus you get two controllers, plus you get six <laughs> full games, not just one. I feel like you're going to say, and that's not all. And then, but, but wait, <laughs> there's more. You also get family friendly. You don't have to worry about violence. And wait, there's more. We have physical you know, media. You can you connect your cell phone. Set of stainless steel knives. Um, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the internet is the internet, and you're always going to get um, harsh people uh, yeah. online. Uh, as we both well know, um, and <laughs> <laughs> I like how you slipped that in. Good uh, job. <laughs> um, but 
obviously you've got some people writing the Amico off already without having yeah. seen it, without touching it. Yeah. And you're even getting kind of larger gaming sites uh, not covering yeah. it and then yeah. making digs saying, this is a thing you've never heard of. And say, well, no shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. after they never cover yeah. it themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, and, then, and then they say no one's heard of it. Yeah. So for you, in terms of, obviously in over history, we've we've seen systems promise things and then fail, like the OEA oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, and 3DO. Boy and stuff. Um, yeah. Social for you, what, what does success look like? Yes, that's a great question, Chris. I'm glad you asked because here's one thing to remember, right? Remember six months before the Wii came out? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Nintendo's stupid. They lost their mind. Again, this is the hardcore gamers, mm-hmm. right? What This is stupid. This is dumb. What a dumb idea. Motion controls, people hate that. Well, the Wii is the number one, or it was, it was the biggest selling Nintendo product, yeah. uh, cons, home console at the time. Um, it's, 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 it's number, it was number three, 102 million units sold. It was the third biggest console of all time when it came out. Now yeah. it's number four because PlayStation 4 recently passed it. But, but, you know, but, but, but wait, Chris, wait, hold on. Do you remember when the Switch came out? Do you remember six months before the Switch came out? What was there? Oh, my God. Nintendo's stupid. They yeah. lost their mind. You know what? They should just be a publisher. They're going to be getting out of the hardware system, the hardware, because they're making the biggest mistake and blah, 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 blah. Chris, do you remember when the Xbox came out? Do you remember six months before the Xbox came Bill Gates and his stupid spreadsheet company. Screw that. They don't know about games. They don't know about entertainment. This stupid Xbox, blah, blah, blah. Do you remember all that, Chris? Yes, right? very much so. So, so, so for me, look, you, you want to know what would worry the hell out of me? Mm. What would worry the hell out of me would be if no one talked about it because they didn't care. Like if they, they were like, eh, who, who even cares? Like, yeah. I don't even care. The fact that we have haters, the fact that we have negativity should end. Now, there's other consoles out there. Like you can say even Google Stadia or the Atari VCS mm-hmm. where it's overwhelmingly everything is negative, yeah. right? If that was the case, and Ouya was the same, if that was the case, yeah, I might be, you know, I might be like, uh-oh, you know. But the reality is, is that the overwhelming majority of people love it. Yeah. So far, and they haven't even, a lot of, most haven't played it. Um, and the haters are there very passionate about hating it and dissing it, dismissing it before ever having tried it. Yeah. So that is a very, very good sign. If we didn't have lovers and haters, you know, if we just had haters or we just, then I'd be, or if no one was talking about it, yeah. then I would be worried. Yeah. But Cause it would just come and go. Yeah, exactly. The fact that people are so passionate about hating it, tells me we're on to something big. Yeah. Right? Because if they didn't care and they weren't interested, then they wouldn't care. Then they yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't care, right? And so yeah. so that's the really interesting thing and fun thing I think for us. And by the way, look, the system isn't made for hardcore gamers. Mm-hmm. That's not our target mo- audience isn't Kotaku. Yeah. It's not IGN. It's not 
Polygon. It's not Reset Era. It's not 4chan. Those people who are going to be... Right? Those, those, the people who are our target audience, Chris, mm -hmm. they don't even know we exist yet. Mm -hmm. Those average folks... Maybe they're, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe they have a kid or two. Uh, they don't have PlayStations, Xboxes. Again, maybe they play a little bit on their mobile device. Maybe they have young kids. You know, just in the U.S. alone, there's 60 million households that have children below the age of seven. Mm -hmm. We've never seen that ever before in the history of the universe. And in Europe, there's there's uh, um, an, a uh, another what is it uh, no I'm sorry let me let me back that up there's there's 30 million households in the US and another I think 30 million in, in Europe yeah again you're in you're one of them right you're in that <laughs> demographic because you know Millennials and even Gen Xers like myself we had kids later like our parents had us when we were like that when they were like 23 25 years old right mm. the the norm now is you you have your first child when you're in your 30s Right. And some, mm. some of us in our forties or fifties even. Right. Yeah. And so we've seen this massive thing. And again, we're, we're, our timing is going to be perfect with, with those types of, of families and people. And again, we have the, so again, do I mind that hardcore gamers rip this to shreds? It's not for them. It's like, mm. it's like asking somebody who loves heavy metal to review a country music album. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, also, if I if I can get on my soapbox for a minute here, um, like the term in terms of, the, of the, the the term hardcore gamer, I think a lot of people attribute that to themselves, and it maybe shouldn't be because I would consider myself fairly hardcore gamer. Like I've I've been gaming since I was four. I'm now the uh, late thirties. Um, I've been pl playing games my entire life, and. Full, full disclosure for anyone who's listening, I've, I've pre-ordered this thing. Um, I, I'm not Thank just, you, I didn't I'm, know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the founder's edition, yeah. Um, so um, I, it's not like I'm, I'm just getting you on just for the sake of getting someone on. I'm genuinely interested in this, in this thing and yeah. people can, um, people may be aware of, of the history I've had, but people may also want to like look back through my Twitter history and find that over, over, for the past year or so, I've been talking about the Miko saying, watch this thing this could be yeah. interesting um so yeah i think i, I would i, do I, I, I take Chris, a point that the hardcore gamers probably aren't interested in it but i would also argue that there's probably a subsection of the hardcore gamers who aren't um, absolutely aren't so divisive that, that they're open-minded enough to give this a absolutely and 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 really I, I, we should probably add another word into there say to say the elitist hardcore gamers, <laughs> yeah. you know, the like, like the, hardcore gamers, be, yeah. because I, I feel, and you probably feel the same way in order to really be, to consider yourself a real hardcore gamer. Don't you really need to like love all the systems? Like, like I love Nintendo for certain reasons. Yeah. I'm more of a PlayStation fanboy myself over mm -hmm. Xbox, but I like my Xbox live stuff yeah. for certain reasons. I love playing games on PC. I love playing games on mobile. Right. Yeah, so it's like, I'm a, I consider myself somebody who loves it all for mm -hmm. different reasons. Exactly. I consume all of it. Right. But there is definite factions 
I hate Xbox because of this. I hate Nintendo because of this. I yeah. Sony is a big corporation. I hate them. You know, and it's it's just like, man, you know, I don't know. And so, but you're absolutely correct, 100%, Chris. Look, when I say hardcores aren't our target audience, what I mean, what I'm really saying is that that isn't the target audience that we're going to rely on yeah. and yeah. market to out of the gate. Yeah. Do I think that hardcore gamers, when they try our system, are going to love it and want one? Absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. They just don't know it yet, yeah. right? And, it, and it's not going to replace their PlayStation 5 or their Series oh, X. Yeah, yeah. But it might be their second or third machine. Yeah. That when their non-gamer friends come over or when they start, then they bust it out and it's like the party drinking game, you yeah. know, uh, system or whatever. You know, you never know, right? Yeah. So, so I do think there is stuff on them that they will love as well. Um, they just don't know it yet. Yeah. And you can't tell somebody that. Yeah, like I can't go out saying, oh, hardcore gamers, I'm going to rely on you and trust me, you're going to love it. We, I, I'm not going to say that now. Just <laughs> let it happen naturally. Yeah. Let let them play it. And, and, and by the way, it's not for everyone. You know, if, if yeah. you are into super realistic graphics and, and that type of stuff, that's not our system. We yeah. don't care about graphics as much as we do gameplay. Gameplay and fun, mm-hmm. that's our main objective. By the way, wasn't that, isn't that the way video games should be? For the people who are like, oh, those games look like crap. Yeah. Those games look like mobile games. Okay, well, mobile dominates the video game industry. So if thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I guess we're doing our job right because our graphics aren't overly complex. They're not, you know, a million things. You know, so, so again, I, I take that as compliments. But if people are so f- much about graphics as opposed to fun and gameplay, then, yeah, the system's not going to be for them. And that's fine. That's, that's, no worries. No harm done, you know. Yeah. But, but for people to say they hate it before they've played it, that's a little ridiculous, you yeah. know. Agreed, agreed. Well, I think we'll leave it there because I've cool. taken up a lot of your time. Um, I am really curious to see where this goes. Um, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. I, I, I do agree that there's a, um, a need in the market for this. Um, you only need to look at the Avengers game um, and the stuff that's going on with that, with like microtransactions all over the place and Crazy, exclusive... Right? characters on certain systems and exclusive skins if you own the loot boxes are the ones that bug me if you Uh. have Verizon you get certain skins and if you uh, although anyone who's been to Virgin uh, been to a video games live show will already know that Square Enix are quite funny when it comes to licensing things Um, so but but yeah so so hopefully um, we will be talking again a year from now about how big a success the Amico has been in its first few months um, and yeah, I look forward to kind of covering that a bit more. I look yeah, forward to that one. day, Chris. Nice one. Cheers, Tommy. Thank you very much for awesome. uh, for coming on and having a chat cool. with me. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Tommy Tallarico, uh, president of Intellivision, a salesman of the highest order. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helped kind of fill in a few blanks about what uh, Amico is going to do. That I hope you kind of enjoyed the wee look at the controller. I thought it was quite cool. Um, and yeah, like I said in the interview, I've got one pre-ordered, so... Um, you can expect a review nearer the time um, and hopefully um, 
it will fill a niche, which is kind of looks like it's needed to be filled. I mean, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't bullshitting him in that in that interview. Like I, I am a parent, I, it gets to the point. Like Serena's in a couple of years' time is going to be old enough to play games, hopefully, um, and I'm getting increasingly concerned about the landscape of modern gaming, whether it's microtransactions or loot boxes or or ad placement or what have you. So, if I, I actively as as much as I will review this thing, uh, subject well, obviously subjectively, you can't review objectively, but as well as as long as I'll, as much as I'm going to review it fairly, I should say when it comes out and point out its um, any issues or criticisms, um, I I'd be lying if I said I didn't want it to succeed because I think there's a there's a real need for a gaming system for children. Uh, and families that doesn't have any of the trappings that modern gaming has. So it remains to be seen how well it does. It may be another Ouya and Dionysus Ars, or it may well be the next Wii, or most likely it'll probably fall somewhere in the middle. Um, it just depends on how far down the scale it'll land. Um, so we'll see. Um, and next time, this time, in maybe five, six months' time, we'll be able to finally look at it and see what happens. Um, but there you go, that was a chat hopefully it helped uh, fill in some blanks and hopefully you enjoyed it um, like I say this won't always be a video podcast so probably the next one will be an audio only one again so if you liked what you saw video wise there'll be more videos coming so do your usual YouTube like and subscribe stuff if you were just listening to the audio one or you want to listen to more audio ones uh, like I say go to tiredoldhack.com or search for tiredoldhack in your podcast uh software of choice um, and you'll be able to subscribe there and hear all the past ones and kind of check out the future ones to come. Thank you very much for watching slash listening um, and I'll catch you on the flip flop further down the road. Cheers guys, bye bye.